Happy Friday! For our new CityCast Houston listeners, on Fridays, we like to recap the biggest stories of the week for you, like how the Democratic Party is taking steps to condemn a local high-level Democrat official. Plus, Harris County Jail will now start sending inmates to Mississippi. And don't you ever criticize ERCOT. Pulitzer Prize finalist Evan Mintz joins me to break down these stories and more. It's Friday, November 17th, 2023. I'm Rahil Ramzanli, and here's what Houston's talking about. Okay, Evan, I have two questions for you quickly. Number one, I don't know why, but I want to get a grill now. Okay, like the H-Town grill, right? Like I want jewels on the bottom of my lips. I don't know why. I want this. My wife said I'm too old. What do you think, Evan? Am I too old for a grill? I haven't seen a grill in forever. And whenever I hear someone think about grills or say something about grills, I remember one time I was in college, I was going to Red Star Bar, if you remember that place in Midtown, and we're getting in and the bouncer's having a fight with this couple. And he's telling this guy, listen, I can't let you in here with that grill. And his girlfriend is just yelling, that's not his grill, them's his teeth. <laughs> oh, man. So I, I, I just think that like grills, I don't know. Is it retro? Is it like coolie Y2K now to get, to get grills yeah, I again? Think, I think it is retro now. Everything comes back in, right? Like baggy jeans are back in and grills yeah. are back in. And I've always wanted one. I don't know what sparked this in me, but I was like, you know what? I kind of want a grill. But, you know, I don't know. With two kids, I don't know if, if I can pull it off or not. But I just wanted to throw that out there. Maybe just drop some hints. Maybe you'll find a Black Friday deal. Yeah, maybe. But I would have to get my cast done, right? So it would be, <laughs> I guess my wife can do it while, while I'm sleeping. She can just put the plaster in there and get the, the makeup and boom, we can go get it done. Yeah. Number two, we had an episode about Thanksgiving meals earlier this week about going out to a restaurant to eat or do you mm-hmm. make it at home? How's your Thanksgiving looking? My Thanksgiving, my family, the night before Thanksgiving, we go out for a big fancy meal. That's what we do. And then Thanksgiving at home. But with me and my wife, we have to do two different Thanksgiving meals. We've yet to convince both sides of our families who live like a mile apart in Houston to finally combine. They just like don't want to do it. They have the very specific ways that each mom likes to set the table and they're not going to compromise. Wow. No compromise there. That is Mm -mm. fascinating. They're so close by and they don't want to do it. No. They just, they want to do things their own way. Okay. Now, like some people go over to one house and some people go to the other house. And then at the end of the night, everyone comes over to my parents' house for our annual beer pong tournament. Okay, there you go. So there is something at the end of the night to get everyone together. And that's what it's about, right? Get everyone together, spend some time. I love that. All right, let's get to our biggest stories of the week. Evan, start us off. Well, the biggest story of the week, I'm reminded of an old saying that when Democrats form a firing line, they form in a circle. Right now, Harris County Democrats are in a fight with District Attorney Kim Ogg, who also happens to be a Democrat. They're working through the process to formally censure sure they met this week, but they had fights about the proper scheduling and notice. So they're going to have another meeting later this month. But what's going on? They're saying that Kim Ogg has violated many thresholds that merit 
condemnation. She has attacked of Democratic judges who have disagreed with her politically. If you remember Franklin Bynum, he was a socialist judge who was attacked. She went after him saying that he violated various codes. She's had partisan-leaning investigations. Remember when she went after the doctor, Hassan Gokul, for distributing the COVID vaccine before it expired? He gave it to someone in his family, and the DA's office went after him. A judge smacked down the DA saying, why are you doing this? She has undermined gun buyback programs, saying that they violated laws because they didn't log details of weapons or provide comparative testing, but nobody else has said that. And she's refused to say that she wouldn't prosecute people for seeking, providing, or supporting abortions like many other Democratic DAs. And finally, she's opposed cash bail reform in Harris County. That part's pretty straightforward. Harris County settled a federal lawsuit that found our system was unconstitutional. The sheriff supported it. Og initially said she supported it. She flip-flopped to oppose it even as groups like Crime Stoppers have come around and said, yeah, we're kind of fine with misdemeanor bail reform. We don't really care about these low-level cases. You want to detain people for these violent, high-risk cases. And the Democrats just seem utterly frustrated with her after all of this, and they're going after her. And it shouldn't be ignored that this is happening just as she's been challenged in the Democratic primary by Sean Tier, who has already been endorsed by Lena Hidalgo. And Hidalgo's office, I'll remind you, has come under scrutiny from Kim Og under allegations of trying to direct a contract, which ended up being canceled in the first place. So if they get their way, what exactly does that mean in terms of her future for right now before the race? I mean, these censorship things don't really do anything. It's a formal condemnation. It shows that she doesn't have total support from her Democratic base going into a primary where she has some real competition. Usually the incumbents got a base of support there because they've got a track record. They spent a lot of time working with people. They know her. But what we've learned is the more people know Kim Og, the more they don't like her. She just doesn't play well with others. Uh, And I think that's the big takeaway here, that when you're in office, sometimes even if you don't like people, you just kind of got to smile and move on to the next thing. Now, I know Shantir did outraise her earlier this year when it came to the first filing. So we do have that, although one big, massive $500,000 donation to his campaign fund did really spike that number up. But it seems like she's already condemned by the party, right? Like, I know this is making it formal, but everyone is already siding with Shantir And there have been issues with her, everything you laid out. So this is just more to make it official. Right. It like goes through a formal structure and strategically it keeps it in the headlines. It reminds people that Aug is controversial rather than sort of keeping it just on the internal Democratic Party email lists and meetings and such. Gotcha. Okay. That makes more sense. Okay. My biggest story kind of has Kim Og, it has the forensic department, it has everyone uh, interlooped into this. And here's what's happening. Officials approved an $11 million contract to send inmates from Harris County Jail to a facility that's 500 miles away in Mississippi to Tallahatchie County Correctional Facility, a privately owned medium security prison located, uh, again, in Mississippi and operated by Core Civic, who manages more than 110 facilities across the country. And they have their own issues that you can look up. Now, this is happening because the state has threatened to lower the jail's capacity by 144 beds if the staff to prisoner ratios don't come down. Speaking to Lucio Vasquez, Krishnavini Gundu, the executive director of the Texas Jail Project, said this move is like putting a Band-Aid on cancer. Now, 17 people have already died while in custody this year. We know last year it was 27. And this is another move to hopefully get things under control at the Harris County Jail. 
I think it's just a tragedy what's happening there. But if you look at the jail dashboard on any given day, about half the people held there are there on nonviolent offenses. About 20% are there on a $10,000 bond or less, meaning if they had a thousand bucks in their pocket, they could get out. The jail is filled with people who I think can all reasonably say don't need to be there. Meanwhile, there are folks who should be behind bars, but because we rely on cash bail, they're able to pay their way out. I think everyone should be able to agree on this, but for some reason, county commissioners and Kim Og can't just sit down and work out a way to make sure they're dismissing charges that can be dismissed and getting people out of jail who are only there just because they're poor. So the jail has already approved a 12% salary increase. They thought that would help with retention, but it really hasn't done much in terms of keeping people on staff or even adding new detention officers. The load of uh, cases that need to be heard, that is another issue. Now, Senate Bill 402, which requires district judges in Texas to give preference to hearings and trials for murder and capital murder, that has passed. So maybe that will help, according to Kim Og, but... Again, there's just so many different things at play here, Evan, and we just need a total reform of everything that's happening and get this under control. You know, you've seen jurisdictions across the country that are able to shrink their jail populations without seeing any real impact on community safety, because often people are there who don't need to be there. But I think Og has really dragged her feet on this. You know, a few years ago, the county got a report from PFM consultants offering some recommendations on how they can clear this backlog of cases, get fewer people behind bars, and really just kind of fix a lot of these problems. But nobody seems willing just to sit down and implement it. You need everybody to play along, the DA, the judges, the commissioners, And for whatever reason, they can't work together. All right, let's get to our most overlooked story of the week. Evan, what do you got? Most overlooked story this week is about the State Board of Education preliminarily rejecting some textbooks that are going through the process because they put too much emphasis on humans causing climate change and stressing evolution as the beginning of life. Now, that's not too unexpected in Texas. We've been in this fight before. But what stands out to me as the overlooked part of this story is that if you talk to the oil and gas industry, they'll say, yeah, of course climate change is real. They know it. They admit to it. And frankly, a lot of them are going to find ways to make money off of it by doing carbon sequestration or pivoting into renewables. In fact, the Greater Houston Partnership, which is you know hardly anybody's progressive outfit, has launched the Houston Energy Transition Initiative, and they are planning for a low-carbon economy future. It just drives me nuts how there's this weird gap between the politicians who purport to represent Texas interests and the actual interests in Texas. Yeah, that is so crazy how those two things play out, right? Like one move you're saying, yeah, it does exist. The other move is like, no, but hey, come on, we can't be doing this. We can't be teaching people that. It is so wild how this happens. Yeah, I I think that for so long, there's been this kind of conservative instinct to say, well, we're the pro-business people and we say the things that are pro-business. But the businesses are rather saying, no, 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 climate change is real. Please deal with it. Like Mm -hmm. we need to actually pass some public policies. We need to be honest about it. And a lot of these kind of arch-right wing conservatives are saying, no, 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 we we still don't think it's real. Like we don't care what Exxon and Chevron say anymore. I, I just can't wrap my head around that. I will say that some more moderates, uh, uh, Republicans are out there saying, well, like we probably should be honest about this kind of stuff. 
Uh, but to see these weird culture fights get into our textbooks yet again, I got to say, is kind of depressing. Yeah, it's always something is happening, right? It's always a distraction to something. I don't know why. It was like, hey, guys, look, hey, come on, climate change. We have to fight this. They're learning about this thing called climate change. We have to distract you. And it's always something. <laughs> it, it really, really is. Okay, I'm going to stick in the energy sector because I found this story so fascinating. The name Carrie Bibbins might not mean anything to you right now, but it will in a second because she was the independent market monitor for the Texas power grid and she is now stepping down as her contract ends and because she is clashing with ERCOT. So earlier this year, she put out a report in September about the policy known as ERCOT's Contingency Reserve Service or ECRS that they had squeezed the energy market and raised the cost of electricity by $8 billion over the summer. So basically, ERCOT paid power generators to withhold power off the grid for emergencies, and that created an artificial shortage and spiked the prices. Now, at the October meeting, ERCOT officials, including CEO Pablo Vegas, pushed back against Bivens' analysis and said that, no, this isn't true. That wasn't the reason but the market monitor maintained her position and was clashing and now is stepping down and her contract definitely will not be getting renewed here. <laughs> so there is so much drama and nobody's talking about this. So I'm always fascinated by ERCOT and we've done episodes with Lauren Steffi about ERCOT and how they fall short and all the politics that go into it. But this is pretty big. And that seems huge. And, you know, when ERCOT was first created, they made all these big promises about how it saved people money. But if you look at the state of Texas, if you're in a city that still has a utility like San Antonio and Austin, you're paying less on average than everyone else because they can negotiate the price better than any one individual can. And so I'm starting to think more and more like, what are we really getting out of ERCOT? Like, what does it deliver for us? Yeah, a lot of people are asking that question. And Prop 7, which just passed in the election last week, that one was fascinating to me as well. And the way Lauren explained that to me was like, hey, look, we're going to build these new facilities to have power and all that, that the power generator should be paying for. But because it's part of ERCOT and because ERCOT's pushing this, you, the taxpayers, are going to be responsible for this. So get ready because everyone was excited about Prop 7. It was more that, hey, we're going to have more power when we need it, but the generator should be paying for that, not us. And we're going to be paying a little bit more, but hopefully not. Who knows? Nobody even knows how Prop 7 is going to be implemented. That's the other fascinating thing. But ah, ah, these ERCOT stories just get under my skin. Oh, yeah. You know, you pay for the new plants through your taxpayer dollars, and then you pay for it again when you pay for your electricity bill. Like what? There is no risk mm -hmm. here for anyone who actually owns their own company to make power. It's incredible. Yep, it really is. All right. Let's end on a high note. Let's get some happiness before we end this episode. Give me your moment of joy. Oh, my moment of joy this week is that Houston is celebrating the 25th anniversary of the movie Rushmore which, if you don't know, is largely filmed at St. John's, where I went to school. It brings me such joy to see our collective St. John's spoiled River Oaks neuroticism up there on the big screen. As someone who spent way too much time on extracurriculars and not nearly enough time on their own grades, like I love 
this movie. And you see them filming in these scenes and sets that really don't exist anymore. The Hoodwink Theater has been torn down. The Green Thing steps have been torn down. But as someone who took Latin at St. John's, it just brings me joy to know that people all around the city will be watching this movie and they'll be holding a screening today at the Love Theater at St. John's. That's really cool. Now, I will be honest with you. I have not seen it. I knew you were going to talk about this. I know. I know. It's such a Houston thing. I have not seen it, but I will watch it over the weekend in honor of this celebration, okay? I will do that not only for you, but also for Wes Anderson, Hook'em Horns. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And you have to tell me what you think afterwards. Yes, for sure. I will. Now, everyone knows Whataburger, in and out I think everyone knows where I stand before our new listeners There was a time when Whataburger was awesome and you could always go in there and get a good, reliable meal, but it has fallen off some. And I think we all agree, it has fallen off not only in service, but quality and in and out a burger I love. I know I'm not allowed to say that. They are opening two more locations around the greater Houston area. Webster is about to get one. Cypress is about to get another one. I have two near me in Katie and in Stafford. I love in and out the way you have to order it before people get mad. Like, I can't believe you like in and out over Whataburger. You got to get double-double animal style, no lettuce, no tomatoes, and just enjoy that burger. It is still one of the best burgers in fast food for me. I love going there. It's quick. You get great quality. You know it's going to be fresh. So shout out to In-N-Out opening up more locations and shout out to me bringing up the debate again of Whataburger <laughs> versus In-N-Out. Listen, can we all just get along? Can't we just all enjoy a good cheeseburger? I've got to say at this point, Whataburger is owned by investors in Chicago. It may feel like it's, you know, that at home Texas meal. But like you said, not really anymore. But I still enjoy good Whataburger and I enjoy good In-N-Out. The only reason I don't go there, there's none near me. Yeah. And there won't be any near you. There's probably not going to be one inside the loop for a while, but just because of how expensive it is mm-hmm. to get property out there and in and out usually has a bigger footprint. So that's why you probably won't see one there. But look, anytime you want to drive out to Stafford or Katie, let me know because in and out is still a good burger. And you're right. Why can't we just enjoy all burgers? Why do we have to pick one? Yeah. Like, come on. Any cheeseburger is a good burger by me. And if you want to find really good burgers, I'm going to self-promote here. You can find our best burgers episode in your feed. Just look it up and I'll also drop that link in the show notes. And I will drop links to every story we've talked about in the show notes. Any final thoughts here before we wrap this one up, Evan? I just got to say cheeseburgers on my mind. I'm thinking like a turkey burger for Thanksgiving, Mm. you know? Could you get some cranberries on that? I'm going to try that out. Here's what you do. You get a dinner roll, you slice it open, you put some turkey Mm -hmm. on, cranberry sauce, throw some mashed potatoes on there, gravy, mac and cheese, close it up. Boom. You got yourself a little sandwich. That's a good sandwich. There you go. Enjoy the holidays and thank you so much. Talk to you later. That was Evan Mintz. And once again, all the stories are linked in our show notes. That will do it for this week here on CityCast Houston. Our executive producer is Dina Kespa. Our producer is Carleon Jones. Our newsletter editor is Brooke Lewis. And the host is me, Raheel Ramzanli. Our music is by the band All the Kimonos. We'll be back on Monday with a look at how you can help end a deadly streak in Texas. Thank you for listening, and I hope you learned something new.